Hi everyone, Philip Sutka here. I have a small favor to ask. I recently updated the Dark River website and with it launched a new mailing list for the podcast. An email list is any author or podcaster's superpower. It's the most direct way that creators such as myself can connect with their audience. I have an exciting announcement coming soon and would like to share it with you first. And I'm going to need your help in launching this new development. So if you would be so kind... Go to darkriver.ca and access the hidden episode at the top of the homepage to sign up for the mailing list. Not only will you be the first to know about updates, but you'll also have access to a behind-the-scenes look at how I created each of the stories. If you try it for a bit and decide that it's not for you, you can easily unsubscribe at the bottom of any of the emails. Believe me, I will not take offense. I will just be so thankful that you were willing to give it a shot in the first place. So head over to darkriver.ca, access the hidden episode, and join the ghosts in uncovering the town's secrets before anyone else. And now, on with today's story. Thank you for joining me in this strange small town in northern Ontario. My name is Philip Psutka. If this is your first time visiting, I'll be your guide. If you're a familiar face, it's good to have you back. The town embraces newcomers and old friends alike. But be warned, it doesn't easily let you go. So dim the lamps, settle in. Welcome to Dark River. The white was endless. It spanned as far as the eye could see, save for tree branches and the odd rock face jutting out like a scar on the landscape. The river flowed through like a black fault line, a thin shine of ice suspended from the shore while secrets ran in the depths below. Moonlight brought the snow to life. Winter nights were far brighter than summer ones, and the canopy of stars above seemed all the more clear in the frigid air, as if the cold polished them clean. Dark river lay buried somewhere beneath it all, and off in the distance the silhouette of the town cut into the white, with smoke trailing up in ribbons from chimneys and vanishing into the black above. A fox sniffed her way along the tree line. Suddenly, her body snapped rigid, and her sharp eyes focused on the indents appearing in the snow. They moved away from the town, across the field, and into the blackness. The fox crossed to one and sniffed it. The prints were larger than hers, but small by human standards. The markings of the toes were clearly visible. No scent, no warmth. Whatever it was had left no trace, save for the small tracks leading off into the distance. The fox debated following them, but thought better. She turned and headed into the trees, back towards her den. Perhaps she would be lucky enough to catch a bird or vole on her way back to her pups. Food was plentiful, just hard to access. By the time she reached the trees, 
the footprints had slipped her mind. Back in town, the scene was quite different. Lanterns lit up every corner, and the street was as full of people as the town had ever seen at this time of night. Laughing, shouting, and singing filled the air, punctuated by the occasional bell, both big and small. It was Christmas Eve. Just outside of town, Jolene pulled on her hat and thick wool mittens before running out the door, calling a quick goodbye to her mother without bothering to stick around for a response. She ran down the long country stretch of Snakeback Lane buried in snow, packed down by carriage traffic from earlier in the day. Thankfully, it hadn't snowed since this morning, and the moon lit her way. Up ahead, she saw what she was looking for, the massive drooping silhouette of the willow tree. Beneath it, her friend Sarah. They greeted each other with a warm embrace before heading off in the direction of town, laughing and throwing the odd snowball at one another along the way. Christmas had always been Jolene's favorite time of year, and every time these two special days arrived, she would try to savor every single moment, for they inevitably slipped by faster and faster as she got older. She was eleven, young enough to still have trouble sleeping on Christmas Eve due to excitement of the day to come, yet old enough to recognize that time wasn't slowing down. It was only picking up speed each year. There was something magical about the evening air on December 24th, and it was more palpable tonight than ever. She could almost taste the anticipation, as if something was just on the horizon, waiting for her in the hours to come. Jolene and Sarah were heading into town to continue their tradition that they had started last year. They would walk along Main Street towards Richmond's Line. Aptly named, this developed stretch featured the largest houses in town, mansions that overlooked the most scenic views of the river. Some were even as large as the Harmony Theatre, where Jolene had performed in various community shows and concerts. And they would make their trek through town, knocking on every door, and offering their gift of carols to anyone who cared to open their homes to them. They had numerous ones prepared, from Good King Wenceslas, to the haunting melody of the Huron Carol, to the ever-popular Silent Night. They would rehearse the harmonies, changing it and making adjustments each year so that it never got old. Folks appreciated it, and the two of them were making a name for themselves around town. They were affectionately known now as the Christmas Spirits, for they always dressed in white, and many complimented them as having voices like angels. The people they sang for were often already deep into their own kind of spirits, which made the applause louder. So here they were, walking along Main Street, and they had rarely seen it so busy. People were out and about, dressed in their best and handing Christmas cards to one another. For in the early 1900s, folks would make cards from scratch, cut into unusual shapes and decorated with ribbons, and then give them to loved ones and friends by hand rather than mailing them. As they walked by Arnold's, they peered into the window and saw that the dry goods store was packed full of people, anxious to get their last few presents before tomorrow morning. 
The store looked small from the outside, for it was narrow and connected to the other buildings around it. But the interior was like a tall corridor, decorated from floor to ceiling with ornate wallpaper, most of which was obscured by the sheer number of people inside. The tin ceiling was the only part of the shop clearly visible. Everyone was in a splendid mood. This was, after all, one of the few times throughout the year when no one worked, no matter if you were rich or struggling. As they passed the Harmony Theatre, they waved a Merry Christmas to the head technician, Bill Francis, before turning onto Short Street towards Richmond's Line. They went from house to house, knocking on each door and then beginning with a different carol each time before the door opened. Sometimes it didn't. But they didn't let that discourage them, for it was Christmas Eve after all and there was something magical about just being out here in the crisp December air the night before the best day of the year. Most doors, however, did open, and the girls walked away with many a candied orange peel and roasted chestnut. The houses were truly massive and ornate, filled with furniture and fixtures beyond Jolene's wildest dreams. She simply couldn't comprehend how anyone could have enough money to afford these things, what with her living on a farm and all. One little girl who answered the door was holding an Eaton Beauty doll, and both girls literally stopped singing to gape at it. It was the toy of the year in many young girls' eyes, but few could afford it, for they ranged in price from one dollar for the smaller, simpler ones to a whopping five dollars for the large ones. Jolene's father was a miner, and with him making sixty-five dollars a month before expenses, there was no way that her family could afford such a luxury, no matter how small. They reached the end of the line and were about to turn around and head back when Jolene saw something flicker off in the blackness near the trees that ran along the river. She squinted for a closer look, but it was gone. Wait, there it was again. Two small flashes in black. She grabbed her friend's arm tightly to help stifle the gasp and pointed towards where she had seen it. It's just a fox, Sarah laughed. And Jolene realized that her friend was right. The light from the street lamp had reflected off the vixen's eyes. Jolene joined in the laughter, but only half-heartedly, for something about it unnerved her. As they turned and headed back towards town, Jolene cast one final glance behind her and saw the flashes again, only this time they were closer. The fox must be following them. But by the time they reached Short Street again, there was no sign of it, and Jolene put it out of her mind, turning her attention back to the wonder of the night at hand. They walked back down Main Street through town, wishing people a very Merry Christmas Eve as they passed, before heading back out along Snakeback Lane towards home. The moon was luminous and full, lighting up the snow around them, only the black shape of the willow tree cut through the light, and they embraced their goodbyes when they reached it. Merry Christmas Eve, best best, said Jolene. See you in church tomorrow, replied Sarah, before setting off across the field towards her house in the distance. 
Jolene continued along the snow-packed road towards her old farmhouse near the far-off tree line. The crunching of the hard-packed snow beneath her feet brought back memories of building snow houses with her father as a young girl, of the final walk home after school the day before Christmas Eve, a moment of pure freedom, and of snow angels and snowball fights after church on Christmas morning. She looked up towards the sky and inhaled deeply. The bright web of stars above twinkled in the deep veil of the night, and she could see how God had polished the heavens just for the occasion. Every year this moment came along, and every year it faded away. She never wanted it to end. Glancing back along the road, her eyes squinted to adjust. The light from the moon illuminated the snow banks along the road, something else standing directly in the middle of it. A black shape. She couldn't tell exactly what it was or how big it was, but she could see that it was closer than the farmhouse in the distance. Whatever it was, was between her and home. A bear? No, too small, which also ruled out a moose. Deer? But it seemed to be standing on two feet. She had a flash of recognition, but it passed as fast as it had come. She continued walking towards it. Maybe it hadn't seen her and would continue on its way. But as she drew closer, she felt more convinced than ever that the thing didn't plan on moving. More than that, she felt that the thing not only saw her, but recognized her. It raised a hand as if in greeting just before the shape of the carriage engulfed it. The horses trotted merrily as if they too knew that it was a special night, and as the carriage passed, the family waved, calling out a Merry Christmas to Jolene. It was the Sawyers. As they disappeared along the road behind her and decked the halls faded into the night, Jolene turned back to see the empty road leading home. She pulled off her boots in the mudroom at the front of the house and hung up her coat before entering into the warm glow of the living room. A fire burned brightly, and her mother's warm arms greeted her. It wasn't long before yawns overtook the magic of the evening, and it was time to bid farewell to Christmas Eve. After saying good night to her parents, Jolene climbed the stairs to her room the carols from the evening dancing through her head. Then, out of the blue, a strange memory emerged from the depths, and before she could banish it with a jovial rendition of O Christmas Tree, the memory of her father telling her that the living room had originally been called the death room filled her thoughts. But there was no space for such thoughts on Christmas Eve, and so she quietly let the song replace it. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. Not only green when summer's here, but also when it's cold and drear. O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree, thy leaves are so unchanging. She found her way to bed through the dark room, for although her bedroom had a fairly large window, 
It was on the far side of the house, tucked away from the moon. She briefly glanced out at the white canopy over the field and smiled. How peaceful it was, and how beautiful it would be in the early morning sunlight. Her head hit the pillow, and she was asleep almost in an instant. The long walk had done its work. And now, here she was again, walking along the frozen road. It was ice cold, and the snow was as hard as rock. The sky was black, save for the moon. There were no stars. She felt a hot sensation in her feet, and, looking down, realized that she was barefoot. Before she could turn back to the farmhouse for warmth, she spotted the willow tree ahead. Its black silhouette was clearly visible, for the moon was directly behind it, and something about it drew her in. Before she could help herself, she was walking on her frostbitten feet towards it, as if pulled by some invisible cord. And then she watched as the road in front of her slowly began to turn black. It snaked out from the base of the tree, and she understood just before the sap reached her that the tree was bleeding. The web of blood ran in rivers towards her as she heard notes accompanied by a buzzing sensation in her head, and she realized that she was humming. She couldn't quite place the melody, though it sounded strangely familiar. The black liquid snaked its way around her, and the humming grew louder. The buzzing intensified, like a vice clamped around her head. Still, she could not place the song. The sap had reached her foot and was now working its way up her ankle, her legs, her stomach, and when she tried to scream, she only sang louder. Just before the river engulfed her mouth and pooled into her eyes, she awoke, gasping for breath. It was still dark outside, but she was back in her bedroom. Had she been sleepwalking? The dream was so vivid, after all. But no, her feet were still pink and showed no signs of frostbite. She remembered that it was Christmas Eve, and the thought warmed her, sending images of the dream scattering away. Christmas Day was near enough to touch. All she had to do was fall asleep once again, awake on Christmas morning, and all of this would be behind her. She was just nodding off when she heard the singing. It was faint, but it was there nonetheless. She shook her head and rolled over, but it persisted, sending a shiver through her despite the warm wool quilt she was buried beneath. Slowly, she got out of bed and approached the window. The endless white glared back at her through the glass, and as she gazed at the winter majesty before her, she heard the singing once again. But now it was coming from behind her. She whipped around, but there was no one there, only the dark room. It was drifting into her bedroom from out in the hallway, and now she recognized the tune. It was one of her favorite carols that she sang with Sarah from door to door, a light and jovial tune that celebrated the magic that Christmas brought to all, 
not only those with enough money to afford expensive gifts, ornately dressed turkeys, and baskets of oranges on Christmas morning. No, this carol was sung from the perspective of the poor, going from door to door singing carols. And when they wassailed well, they earned bits of Christmas cheer from each house. But, despite the major key, the singing was in no way comforting. The notes plodded along, as if the singer had little breath left and each note was a strain. Before she could help herself, Jolene stepped outside her bedroom and followed the notes down the stairs towards the front door. The clock in the death room chimed one. What kind of caroler was out here in the middle of nowhere at one o'clock in the morning? She glanced around the dark room and back up the stairs to see if anyone else had stirred, but all was silent inside. Slowly, she crossed to the door of the mudroom, opened it, and stepped out of the warmth of the house. Squinting, she could see a dark shape through the glass of the exterior door, swaying gently from side to side in time with the music. Hello? The singing continued, unchanging. Jolene tiptoed towards the door and placed her hands on the doorknob. It was ice cold. Then the singing stopped and the dark shape through the glass froze. Thank you for listening thus far. In a moment, we'll open the front door. But first, I'd like to let you know that we have new original spooky stories coming regularly. So follow the show on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoy your time in this haunting town, please consider contributing to the show. You can do so at darkriver.ca slash support. But now, let's greet the dark shape on the other side of the glass. Then the singing stopped and the dark shape through the glass froze. When she opened the door, she was met by the blinding white of whipping snow. When the wind subsided, she could see that no one was there. Tentatively, she peered out. The empty field was all that greeted her. She was shaking, and not entirely from the cold, for she recognized the voice and had been convinced that this must be a dream. Yet this was no dream, for she could clearly feel the cold on her skin, and when she pinched herself hard on the arm, she remained where she was. This is my last Christmas. The thought came out of nowhere and invaded her senses so intensely that her breath caught in her chest for a moment before she regained control. She had no idea where it had come from, just as she had no idea how it was possible that she had heard her own voice at the door. But it was Christmas Eve, after all. Stranger things have happened on such a night. She closed the door and headed back upstairs fighting to slow her breath down. She stole a glance out her bedroom window one more time, but saw nothing. 
just the peaceful white of a winter night. It had started snowing again, and the flakes drifted down like sugar. She leapt into bed, avoiding letting her bare feet get too close to the bed frame before they were tucked safely beneath the covers. She lay wide awake for the better part of an hour before her breathing slowed down and she felt oddly at peace with the world. Perhaps it was like that Dickens story. Perhaps Christmas came hand in hand with ghosts, and not all of them need be threatening. Before she drifted off to sleep, she knew what she would find in the snow leading from the front door away from the house, down the road towards the willow tree, and she resolved to follow the footprints wherever they took her tomorrow after church. Just before her last Christmas Eve slipped away, a few lyrics from the ghost's song floated through her mind. We are not daily beggars that beg from door to door, but we are sometimes children whom you have seen before. Off in the distance, a small dark shape emerged from the forest. The fox crossed the field before following the road towards Dark River. The town was quiet, as if taking a deep breath before the celebration the next morning. New snow was falling, and the fox disappeared over the crest of the hill, her prince accompanying the larger ones heading towards the willow tree, now shrouded in white. This has been a tale from Dark River, written and hosted by me, Philip Sitka. I also produce the show as well as compose and arrange the music for it. The podcast artwork was done by Crisp Sitka. For more history of small town life in Northern Ontario in the early 20th century, be sure to follow our Instagram at Dark River Podcast. Though based on actual history, This story is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to persons living, dead, or other is entirely coincidental and unintentional. Thank you for stopping by, and have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas.